Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center where the Warriors were beaten tonight by the Sacramento Kings. Final score 100-79, to and it really didn't even feel like it was that close tonight as Sacramento would lead by as many as 25. The Warriors did force 29 Whoa. Sacramento turnovers. Some of them were unforced errors, though, Whitey Gleason as well. Uh, but uh, you add it all up tonight, and, and I – this, I think, was the Warriors' worst home loss of the season. It was in terms of margin of victory uh, as they get beat by 21, but they were flat, uh, I thought, lethargic, and just not ready to play tonight with maybe the exception of Alec Burks and Damian Lee uh, early in the game. Willie Cauley-Stein playing against his former team. You, you look at his line at the end of the night, he did have six steals and was seven for nine for 14 points. Wait, 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 wait. You said Willie Cauley-Stein had six steals? He had six steals. A some weird of them, box score tonight, Some man. of them almost looked like, uh, you know, uh, an RPO in football where he, they just, did. where he just was in the backfield and yeah. just took the ball. I'll take they it, They just sure. handed it to him uh, yeah. a couple of different times. Uh, but so if you want to throw Willie Cauley-Stein in there among the positives for the Warriors tonight. It's a tonight, leading score for the Warriors tonight. With 14 points. Yeah. Which tells you uh, on a night where the Warriors score 79 just how uh, just how bad it got tonight, really, yeah. for the Warriors. So uh, kind of, uh, you know, we, we have had this conversation recently about how when the Warriors are shorthanded and maybe playing a better team, sometimes on the road, it seems like the effort, the intensity, the energy level is better. They're more competitive. You just look no further, Whitey, than a game like Friday night in Salt Lake City. The Jazz, a, a playoff team, uh, maybe a little underwhelming themselves, but but still a, an over 500 team in a tough environment, and the Warriors play their best game in a couple of weeks, and then they follow it up tonight, and it just is not there, much like it was not there against the Knicks, and it was not there against Memphis, and it was not there against Charlotte and Atlanta. Look, I, I think everybody knows this team's going to struggle to find victories this season, Whitey, but uh, I, I just, you know, I can't help but think it should look a little better than it's looked for the most part the last two weeks. Place uh, seemed to empty out in a hurry tonight. You know, the game began... Uh, against the backdrop of the, the 49ers stunning loss. And you know that uh, the vast majority of people in here tonight were kind of thinking about that when the game tipped off. It looked like the Warriors had other things on their minds uh, as well. I didn't think the Warriors played uh, with a lack of effort, but whatever effort they were giving, they, nothing was working. It was one of the sloppiest NBA efforts, I think, you'll ever see and you know for years and years as you know because I know you were up in Sacramento a long time as was I and for years and years the Kings have had a reputation of being a dysfunctional organization and it looks like they've got things headed in the right direction and the, if the playoffs started today they would be in the Warriors obviously have an excellent organization but on the basketball court tonight the Warriors were dysfunctional I don't know how else to say it it was hard to watch it was it was embarrassing at times I'm wondering 
when we will hear Steve Kerr, if we will ever hear Steve Kerr, really get upset about his team's effort. Now, he got a technical foul tonight, but he was upset uh, because he thought that the officials missed a call on Bogdanovich. If Steve Kerr doesn't ever call out his team, what does that mean? I think it suspects he realizes there's not much more we can do with this uh, current configuration of players, and that's a little alarming. But again, I guess it relates back to the point of this year is almost a load management year. It's a year where you're developing younger players, giving your veterans a chance to recoup and rest up, and then next year take another whack at it. But at times uh, tonight, that was difficult to watch. Yeah, it really was. And I, I thought there were two different things that happened. One, Steve Kerr picking up the technical foul in the third quarter, almost trying to in incite uh, some energy and, and, and put some energy into this Warriors team a little bit because it was just such a, a flat uh, performance uh, tonight. And I think, you know, it also is you look flat when you can't make shots. And the Warriors didn't make shots tonight for a good portion of the night. And you look flat... Uh, when you can't execute. And, you know, to your point uh, about, you know, is Steve Kerr going to kind of snap a little bit uh, about the team? It was more, I think, execution tonight than, than effort, but execution that makes the effort look bad. When you're turning the basketball over, when yes. you're allowing uh, an opponent, uh, you know, you're stepping under and you're allowing good three-point shooters to get wide open looks, which happened at a couple of different times. When a guy like Marvin Bagley, who is a very talented young player, uh, just has his way with you inside, uh, you know, over and over again, as he did during his first stretch of action uh, in the first half of the ball game tonight. Uh, when all of those things happen, you look lifeless, you look uninspired, you look unprepared to play. And as this season has gone on, and look, we're now a third of the way through the season tonight to 28 games down uh, and 54 to go. And, and this team is on pace to win 14 games. So 14.6 technically, but yes. I mean, nine is still on the table. 14 games. Yeah. And, and you know, two of the five are against Chicago. And, and, and so... You're, you know, they're 3-23 and 23 against everybody else. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. This is another night where there's that fine line between, uh, you know, competitive losses and losses that make you start to wonder if at some point down the line there's more of an impact that comes, you know, from those losses the next year because something about your franchise, your organization, your culture changes. And not that the players are going to be the same. You know, look, the Warriors would probably tell you, hey, you know what? There's going to be a lot of nights like tonight where a year from now, the Warriors and Warriors fans and everybody's going to look back and laugh because this team's going to be back closer to the top and doing the things that they've done the last five, six, seven years. Uh, and, and, it, and it won't amount to much. But, uh, you know, tonight, on top of some of the performances that we've seen here in the last few weeks, I just can't help but think it should look a little better than this, but maybe not. I mean, maybe not when you just look at, you know, the, the actual talent disparity that, that's on display here on a night-in, night-out basis. Sacramento shot 45.5% from the three-point line. From the three-point line. That's better than the Warriors shot from the floor for the game. They shot 39%. Uh, so the Kings for the night, they shot 60.3%, a very high percentage. Uh, they turned the ball over 27 times, and you have to give the Warriors credit for creating s at least some of those turnovers. But just think how uh, ugly that final score could have looked if Sacramento had taken a little better care of the ball. 
They, yeah. they turned it over 27 times, and they won by 21 points. Well, look, and Steve Kerr cited awful decision-making and, and the fact that they made, quote, a million mistakes mm -hmm. in, in addition to uh, the mistakes that, that the Kings were making and, and the mistakes that maybe the Warriors were forcing the Kings uh, into making. But, uh, I mean, he said, you know, he's never really seen a box score like it. You know, and it's incredibly difficult to do to force as many turnovers, have as many turnovers for a team like Sacramento and still have them win a game and have it really be non-competitive. I mean, the, the Warriors were up uh, a couple in the first quarter, and Steve Kerr went to the bench, and I believe it was a lineup of Alec Burks, Jordan Poole, Jacob Evans, Marquise Chris, and Kevon Looney, and the game flipped right there yeah, on a the dime. The Warriors were leading 16 to 14 when he inserted that group and good night. Yeah. That was that was they didn't lead again after that I don't believe. No, and and the Kings were uh, they went on to to outscore the Warriors from that point. Uh looks like it was 14 to 2 to end the quarter. Uh and it was 26-18 Kings after one. They were up by nine at the half. The Warriors actually did battle back a little bit in that second quarter, uh, but it was what Buddy Heald knocked down a three at the right there at the end of the half to put the Kings up nine, and then there was just nothing going on early in the third quarter, and uh, Sacramento was able to turn this one into a blowout. To that point, I know we talked about it at the time, looking at the, at the lineup that uh, Steve Kerr put out there, and we questioned, wait, where's the offense going to come from? But he, <laughs> he's only got so many options, and he still has to have five players out there. So what do you do at this point? Well, you saw it. I did what I could. There was a scout sitting in front of us from Minnesota, <laughs> and I tried. I started negotiating with him, right? Did I not? I said, hey, you guys, are you going to you want D'Angelo Russell? And he said, who do you want for him? And I said, what did I say? I said, well, how about Covington and Teague or Kogi? And he said, well, and I, and I said, okay, that's, uh, thank you. He yeah. was a good sport about it. Dial it back. But I was trying to, I was uh, doing Bob Myers' work for him. Boy, D'Angelo Russell, not good tonight. Not good tonight. Uh, eight points, two of nine. And there, there are just stretches. He did have eight assists, four he turnovers. Did. But there are just stretches where, I mean, he, he is almost first team all cool, right? He, just he, very yeah. casual with the dribble. Uh, very just you know very slow motion getting into what he's gonna do mm -hmm. uh, and you know it, it, he is the kind of player and look he's he's extremely talented and an all-star player and and he's a guy that could score 50 points in any given night and be the reason you win a game but when he does not play well the way it looks when he does not play well is just mind-numbingly frustrating because he he's so deliberate he made one play tonight that really made me go ooh. that was a play where he was off the ball i think draymond was running point and d'angelo russell was on the left wing and he starts a dive cut and kind of jab step and then he pops back out there wasn't a screen there but he popped back out he was wide open just boom catch and shoot three because if he could do that i mean that's something that will fit with anybody's offense it was quick uh it was an accurate shot but so often when he has the ball um you know that Sacramento uh, likes to slow things down, so they would miss, and the Warriors would come out um, with a chance for a fast break. And, but Russell was very deliberate bringing it in the front court. Sometimes he'll get the ball off a screen, and he'll get into the uh, uh, you know the uh, triple threat position, and then just kind of look things over. And then any advantage that was gained uh, with the pass is lost. So I think some of that has to do with him not being completely comfortable in this offense. Some of it's just the way he plays. Tonight it was... Not a good fit. As I said, on the floor, they were dysfunctional as a basketball team. But I do want to touch briefly on it. You mentioned he had eight assists. And look, the, the Warriors were not good tonight, but they had a 30 field goals 
and 24 of those were assisted. If well, there's anything they, resembling and, and, and that and look, of Willie Colley Stein, that's about it. They were moving the basketball early. I mean, we both yes, they noted were. early in the game yeah. the fact that the Warriors were really trying to to move the ball, and it was ball movement. They're kind of picking on Buddy Heald on the weak side a little bit, uh, and 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 were actually they were getting some good looks. They were getting some good looks. They were getting some layups. They were getting a lot of stuff going to the basket. They, they really were making a concerted effort to run offense. Uh, early on in the game and we're having some success with it where the game flipped and it never really got back to that was when that that bench group that we talked about of Burks and Poole and Evans and Chris and Looney Marquis Chris let's face Marquis Chris was a disappointment tonight no he was yeah he, he was a disappointment tonight uh you know Amari Spellman brought a little bit of energy in that second quarter uh, when the Warriors, you know, made it a little bit closer before Sacramento was able to push it back up to nine there at the half, uh, but but all told, I mean, th this was I I think, uh, you know, we we I think this was the worst home loss of the year for for the Warriors, and and, and it margin of defeat twenty one tonight uh, that would uh, outweigh what I think the nineteen point night uh, on opening night when the Clippers beat the Warriors uh, in this building. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. If you want to weigh in on this one, uh, maybe you've got something uh, positive to point out that What do you want to do at this point? Are you okay with this? Is this still, hey, we're okay for the rest of the year, or is it time to do something? I don't know what they can do, uh, to be perfectly honest. And, and, and if you believe the reports, uh, which I do believe the reports, that, that indicate the Warriors are not in a hurry to look to trade D'Angelo Russell, although today is the first day that D'Angelo Russell and other players from this class of players that were signed to free agent contracts uh, in the summer can be traded. Uh, I, I still, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, and nights like tonight, I think when you look up and there are still, you know, 54 games to go, you go, man, it's going to be, I mean, th this is, you got to get through the rest of December and January and February and, you know, maybe part of March and then maybe you get Curry back, maybe you get Clay Thompson back to become something, uh, you know, of intrigue more to keep an eye on, you know, down the stretch of the season. But you still got a couple of months to go uh, where, you know, I, I think you, you start to wonder just, you know, if you're not going to make some kind of a drastic move like like trading a D'Angelo Russell, what is there, I mean, what are you excited about? Yeah, you look at the last four games, um, including tonight, and of course tonight, disappointing because they'd played very well against Utah, and Jim Barnett said in the pregame, right, he said, hey, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they did Friday that they can carry over to tonight. Well, very little of that. So those are the last two, and then the two before that, the two games here, Memphis and the Knicks, it's been tough going the last four games, the whole season, but the last four games have been very discouraging. Yeah, and again, it's it's one of those where they, they leave you thinking, hey, you do some of those things that you, uh, against, that you did against the Jazz, you do some of those tonight, and you got Sacramento who, who came in here and really other than shoot the basketball well, you know, I don't think I, – I look at the Kings tonight, and look, if you shoot 60%, you're going to win games. And, and look, at as far as the skill positions go and, and shot makers and, and guys like that, I mean, the Warriors were, I think, overmatched in the game tonight. I mean, the Kings, do they do have a lot of good shooters. Bogdanovich was the best player on the floor tonight. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I look at a guy like Buddy Heald, 8 of 11. I mean, they 8 of 11 for Heald, 9 of 11 for Bogdanovich. Look, you shoot as well as the Kings did and you're going to win a, a lot of basketball games. But I also think that the Kings came in here tonight 
and they were I extremely loose with the basketball. I think they kind of had a little bit of that, we're going to run it up on them. And, and that makes you ripe to get beat. And look, this team just lost to the Knicks at home, just like the Warriors lost to the Knicks at home. And, and they've got some good wins and this and that. But uh, to my point, I, I just think if you come out, you, pl you play the kind of game you played in Salt Lake City, you got a chance to hang in a game like tonight and maybe have a chance to win a game like tonight when Sacramento's going to turn it over 29 times. Yeah, the Warriors had trouble stopping anybody, and they couldn't score. So it's kind of basic, with very basic basketball principles that it's tough to compete uh, when you can't stop the other team and you're having serious issues scoring yourself. Whereas with 18 points in the first quarter, 24 in the second, and 17 in the third, and 20 in the fourth quarter. So we have the return of Eric Pascal to look forward to. Uh, other than that, at some point, D'Angelo Russell and the Warriors have to figure something out because, correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong here, games like this are going to drive down his trade value. Yeah, absolutely. He's a better player than that. We know that. We've been critical of him and say he well, doesn't figure, but he's a much better player than he was able to show tonight. But here's the conundrum that the Warriors have. It, it's the fact that do you, do you want to attempt to continue to try and figure out how he works in your system, playing more off the ball and getting the ball in, in spots that may apply to when players like Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson are back, at the risk of him having more games like tonight, or do you want to just let him go off and try and score 40 or 50 and become more appealing to another team that would be perfectly fine with him being ball dominant and pounding the ball and setting himself up and shooting three? Do you want that you know, that dominant? Can can you sacrifice a little bit of future you know growth with him to allow him to do what he does best? to keep that trade value up. What would you do? It's a great question. Like tonight he only took nine shots. Tonight he was ineffective. He well, was it, not D'Angelo Russell. Honestly, it's December 15th. So I, I, I understand where the Warriors are coming from if you're still trying to work it out. If you still are, tr are you know, trying to you know, get him acclimated to where somehow he can be a fit moving forward. I mean, I, I, I get wanting to make an honest effort at it, but the, the impatient person in me is saying... Let's make sure his value is as, as high as possible and that other teams are calling uh, so you can continue to have options a as you look, not just to the trade deadline, but again, uh, to the offseason. But they're in a predicament right now because yeah. you're right. If, they, if he continues to, to, to struggle and, and just have it not look right, uh, then his value does go down and what you can get for him goes down. And then, and then maybe, you know, maybe you wind up trying to hang on to him a little bit longer you, and you miss your window for maximum improvement. And to me, that's ultimately what it's about. Everybody knows the Warriors are not going to win a lot of games this year, right? I right, mean, but he's one of the things about this team that should be fun to watch. And tonight, it, there was nothing when, enjoyable about that. When he plays that. poorly, yeah. he's just not fun to watch. Yeah, but I guess I, I think you and I differ a little bit in this. I totally agree with that. But I think part of it, I think it's incumbent upon him, his teammates and the team, to figure out, okay, nine shots tonight, two and nine. Okay, you took some bad shots, but we got to figure out a way to put you in a better position to succeed. It's not all on him. I agree with you. He played poorly, but two of nine for D'Angelo Russell, 
Uh, we got there's got to be something different in the way they use him. Maybe it is okay. We got to let him be a little more ball dominant. But if he's going to take nine shots and make two of them, there's really very little reason to have him on your team. Yeah, and it, look, it's an off night, and, and it, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it's an off night. Like Corey Joseph did a good job on him, and which Corey Joseph we anticipated is he would. A good defender. Yeah, he is a good defender, and and he low key has been one of the reasons that Sacramento has has hung on here and held around 500 when they've been without De'Aaron Fox for for basically the last month plus. How many, it's not on the box score, how many shots would you say the Warriors had, especially at the rim, that came up just short, that just hit the short side of the rim? It seems to me they're countless. Where you get to the basket, lay it up, or uh, even a layup off the glass, and it was just off the short side of the rim. Yeah, not good. Right. And, and again, that's... So even when they get to the basket, they're not finishing. Right, and that's, again, that some of that's talent, some of that's athleticism, some of that's opponent. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, the one thing that, that rings true, and look, it, it's just a matter of the Warriors know they're in a position where they have to, they're just going to take their lumps. I mean, it just they're just going to have to take their lumps and continue to take their lumps. And I think there's, you know, nights like tonight, though, in the last couple of weeks make you think that's going to be a little more difficult maybe to pallet on a night-in, night-out basis than maybe you would have thought two weeks before or two weeks before that when it was seemingly every single night a competitive game. Yeah. I, I... That, that, that's where it's changed. And, 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 you know, you said something. You know, we were just talking a little bit, you know, in between after the game and before we come up here to start the show. You know, you kind of wondered, hey, you know, I, as this thing goes on, are the nights that are competitive going to start to become fewer yeah, and farther I, between? I was going to say, yeah, ba and maybe tonight was just very discouraging. And as I said, they were dysfunctional, and I'm starting to think they will be fewer and uh, farther between. But I know that the way things are set up for next year, nobody likes to lose games. Nobody's out there trying to lose games. But if the Warriors do lose a lot of games, that there's room for that in the plan, right? Yeah. We know that. Okay. But I don't think there's room in the plan for D'Angelo Russell um, being as unproductive as he is. And, again, I'm not putting it all on him. I'm not saying, what's the matter with him? I'm saying, okay, you've got to change your plan to make sure that you're doing everything you can to get – better production out of him for well, the sake look, of your fans because he's one of the few reasons this year until Clay and Steph come back, he's one of the most fun things about watching the team. And also, as I said, if you want to maybe see what you can get for him in a trade, it behooves you to do everything you can to help him be more productive, even if that doesn't mean you're going to win a lot more games. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Uh, it is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors lose tonight to the Sacramento Kings. 100-79 to is the final as uh, the Warriors had a five-game winning streak head-to-head -head against Sacramento prior to tonight. Uh, the last Kings win was against the Warriors March the 16th of 2018 over at Oracle in Oakland. Uh, when Sacramento actually won both games a couple of seasons ago in Oakland with the Warriors winning both Willie games Willie Colley-Stein was Sacramento. a key component in one of those wins at Oracle, as I remember. Yeah, he had some good good yeah. games uh, against the Kings, or against the Warriors for the Kings uh, the last couple of years, actually. And there was also a game where Damian Jones really took it to him, and a shorthanded Warriors team was able to beat Sacramento right around Thanksgiving. Uh, over at Oracle. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It was a season-high 60 
56.3% shooting wow. for the Sacramento Kings uh, in their victory. Willie Cauley-Stein, a season-high six steals, uh, as uh, he previously had three, also a team-high 14 points. It's the first game this season he leads the team in scoring, but it's just 14 points, and it's on a night where the Warriors score just 79 as they fall to 5-23. and 23. Kings get the win over the Warriors tonight. Uh, we've got the call of the game coming up. We're also going to hear uh, from a couple of players downstairs uh, in the press conference room. we got Damian Lee and Willie Cauley-Stein, who we will hear from as well. It's Warriors wrap-up rolling on here from Chase Center on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors Wrap-Up here uh, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Kings beat the Warriors tonight 100-79. to the Tough day for Bay Area sports fans. Yeah, really. You got the, the 49ers losing at the end, uh, the Raiders lost at the end, and, of course, uh, Madison Bumgarner going from the San Francisco Giants to the Staying Arizona in the Diamondbacks. Division. Yeah. And uh, coming, uh, really going to Arizona for not as much money as you would have thought it would have taken or, to get him yeah, to leave. For less money than Harrison Barnes got from Sacramento over the summer. Uh, running through a couple of the numbers from this one, the 79 points – the Warriors scored tonight. That's the fewest any team has scored against Sacramento. I know, Whitey, you've said it a couple of different junctures. They're not a great defensive team, although they've slowed the pace to help their defense as much as they can. Uh, They'll be proud of those defensive numbers tonight, absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah, they absolutely will. Uh, Damian Lee, second straight game, scoring in double figures. Uh, I thought between him and, and Alec Burks, uh, I thought I thought they had some life to their game tonight, and I just didn't. I just Willie Cauley Stein. I think you could probably throw in there, uh, but man, uh, when when you don't execute, you look flat. When you don't make shots, you look flat, and you know when you turn the ball over, you look flat. And and you know as much as we've talked about the Kings and their twenty nine turnovers, uh, the Warriors turned it over twenty times and actually led to twenty nine Sacramento points. So if you look at points off turnovers the Kings wound up having a three-point advantage <laughs> in terms of yeah. overall points uh, off turnovers, and uh, they go on to win this one 100-79. to 79. Yeah, there was a, uh, Before we get to some of the, the audio from downstairs in the press conference room, I, I wanted to go back to D'Angelo Russell a little bit uh, because you know, we, were, we were throwing around, you know, just talking about how, you know, do you want him to play – uh, you know, do you want him to maximize his value by just going out there and, and playing, you know, the type of basketball that where he's going to succeed the most? Uh, or do you want to, you know, maybe try to have him fit inside the warrior system uh, at the risk of maybe him not looking a as effective? And I, I just think I just think you have to at some point with this team be more concerned about his overall value because it's twofold. I think the Warriors' best chance to win games right no, now I agree with you. is for him to just be dominant and right. look to score, and everybody else just kind of fills in line off of him. Yeah. But, again, the other factor in that that you have to weigh is – that's the better part for that's the better way for them to maybe win games. And you have to wonder if 
Yeah. His last two games, I believe he's 10 for 29. And I'm not saying that again to try to bury him. I'm saying if you're the Warriors, I think you got to look at that and go, okay, uh, you know, he's better than that. So what can we do to help him? How are we going to uh, maximize his abilities? I agree with you. That's one of my takeaways from tonight. Going forward, that's one of the things they need to look at. Again, not blame him. It's his fault. What's wrong with him? It's like, hmm, okay, how can we uh facilitate him how can we adjust our offense to his needs and vice versa to the extent that we're getting more production out of him well what I'm he's way better than that and, well, what i'm saying is though is how much of it is weighing you know his you know his ability to look his best right and and keep his trade value up if that's on the you know one on the left column and it giving the warriors their best chance to win is on the left column uh, it and, and then on the right column, it is, well, trying to figure out how a system fit. But in the right column is also, well, do you do you really? And this is where and I don't know the answer to this question, but are you are you really do the Warriors really want to maximize to 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 do that? To, sure. To, him playing better and more productive. D'Angelo Russell is a win win for him and for the organization. All so. right. Uh, let, let's go ahead and hear uh, from some of the players downstairs uh and let's start with Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein tonight, uh, 14 points, 7 of 9 shooting. He did have those six steals. He was a terror in the passing lanes tonight. Uh, and Willie Cauley-Stein spoke uh, to the media after the ball game. Hey, Willie, I know you guys were encouraged by the, by the game in Utah and the energy that you showed. Why do you think you guys started the first quarter with funky energy in this one? And then how did it spiral from there? I don't even know... Um... We just got to do a better job of bringing our own juice. Um, I think that that game right there was a battle of juice. Like, who, whoever brought the most juice was going to win that game. Um, you know, we allowed them to dictate how much, you know, energy they've. Um, and it can't be like that. It's got to be just us going crazy and desperate like Coach been harping for the last week. You know, we just got to come in the game desperate. Willie, what was it like, you know, uh, stepping out on that court, playing against the team that drafted you? Uh, surreal. <laughs> um, it was cool to see all my old teammates. And, um, you know, I went to battle with them dudes for four years. So that uh, that camaraderie you have with them doesn't ever change. Um, so, it's, you know, it's refreshing to, to play against some dudes and see them again and, um, you know, just keep up with how they're doing and stuff like that. say to that or you just moved on a long time ago? Oh, yeah, I, mean, I moved on when I signed here. Um, I don't, you know, I don't put too much thought in to what's going on in Sacramento besides, you know, checking in on my guy. Um, other than that, Hoops is here. You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm trying to hoop here. I'm trying to, um, you know, stick somewhere. Um, and, you know, this seems like a really good spot for me. Um, you know, I'm, I fit in really well. So this is, you know, this is good for me. Um, I'm not really worried about them. Well, you played with Marvin for a year last year, and tonight you got to guard him a little bit down low. Um, what are you seeing out of him, his development as a young guy in this league? Oh, I mean, he's a tremendous talent for one. Um, two, just just to see him continue to put wrinkles in his game, um, and seeing that confidence from him, you know, as seeing him grow for for a whole year. Um, one of the most confident dudes dudes you'll see play. Um, he's going to be aggressive. He's going to get to his spots. Um, so I don't know, it's a fun matchup because he's going to bring it to you every time. 
All right, so there's Willie Cauley-Stein again, team high 14 points tonight. He's played better of late. Yeah, and he also primarily has been playing better defensively, but tonight hit seven to nine shots, and uh, as we mentioned, six steals for Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, five rebounds, so I'm sure he feels very good about the way he played tonight against his old team, a team that he says tried to make him a scapegoat. Yeah, and, well, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I think the jury will still be out on that one. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, they clearly felt they were going to be in a better position without him. Uh, and as you look at uh, where they stand right now, uh, they're, what, 12 and 14. They're in that playoff mix with a, with a lot of teams in what looks like is going to be a Western Conference where it's not going to maybe take as many wins to get into the playoffs as it has the last couple of years, especially last year. Obviously, one of the things that people have been talking about uh, when it comes to the Warriors the last few games especially is, well, who should be starting at center because Marquise Chris had been playing so well. I think there are a lot of reasons to keep Willie Cauley-Stein in the lineup uh, before tonight. You know, the team got off to such a good start Friday night against Utah with him in the starting lineup, and Marquise Chris had been playing so well off the bench. Uh, point being tonight, Marquise Chris did not have his best game, so Willie Cauley-Stein further entrenching himself as a starter going forward with a team-high 14 points tonight. As for Marquise Chris, uh, he was not able to give the boost off the bench that um, the Warriors had actually started relying on him for tonight. Yeah, especially in the last couple of games. What, uh, you know, a couple of, couple of double of doubles. Yeah, back-to-back, back, yeah, sure. In, in yeah. the last couple of games. Uh, but Chris, uh, just 10 minutes tonight uh, and didn't really have it. It was really that, that bench group uh, that we alluded to uh, there toward the end of the first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter where, hey, the Warriors were running a lot of good offense. There was a lot of good movement. Uh, they were getting some open looks. They were getting some layups. And then it was just uh, a flip. You know, Bogdanovich and Bagley for Sacramento and that bench uh, group that, that we mentioned for the Warriors with Burks and Jordan Poole and Jacob Evans, Marquise Chris, Kevon Looney, that first group, the game kind of flipped right there. And the Warriors never really were able to get it back on track. Yeah, Alec Burks is being asked to do an awful lot right now. And he's been supplying a lot of offense. I know Jim talked before the game about how, uh, you know, you need D'Angelo Russell and Alec Burks to be scoring points every night. And he's never really done that at a high level. He's always been a good, productive player off the bench. But the Warriors may need a little more from him right now than he can provide every night. He had 11 points tonight but on only uh, three of eight shooting for Alec Burks. Uh, Steve Kerr said in his postgame press conference he gave Damian Lee the start uh, in part as a reward uh, for how he's Glad played. Glad to see it, yes. And yeah, Damian Lee played 34 minutes tonight, uh, 13 points, and, and he was ready to go at the jump. Let's go ahead and hear from Damian Lee uh, downstairs uh, after the ball game as the Warriors drop this one to Sacramento. Damian, when you see that box score and you see the Kings had 29 turnovers and you guys lost by as much as you did, what, what kind of goes through your head? Um, you know, just, uh, you know, just coming out and just, you know, continuing to fight. I mean, also they shot, you have to give them credit, they shot 60% from the field. 45 from three, we shot 39 and 24. So, you know, a lot of their shots, you know, once they got in a rhythm, uh, 88 from the foul line. So you know you have to you have to give them credit as well. And we had 20 turnovers too. So that uh, doesn't help out them scoring off our turnovers. Was it just the turnovers that led to that field goal that field goal percentage for them, or were there other things defensively that you saw? Um, I mean, you know, they they got into their their sets. Um, 
you know, we got them out of their sets a couple a couple times, but you know, they got into their sets. Uh, you know, they got some mismatches. Um, Holmes, you know, got some putbacks. So, you know, them doing that, them spacing the floor, and knocking down threes, um, you know, that uh, I feel like that helped them as well. Was it just a lack of execution defensively that allowed them to get in their sets, or just? Um, I mean, of course, we could have been better on defense than we get about 179. So, you know, it's getting be, getting better on defense, and then I think us, uh, you know, just executing on on offense and taking care of the ball, and you know, when we got a couple stops, you know, just being able to convert those into points so, you know, we can get the crowd in, in, uh, involved in the game and then, you know, just start getting things going, turn our defense and offense. How big a problem is, like, the know-your-personnel type issue, especially for young guys who, you know, they haven't been around the league a ton. Sometimes they don't know who is the good three-point shooters, that type of stuff. Yeah, um, well, you know, just, I mean, I feel like everyone has a league pass. You know, just watching games, you know, just studying, um, you know, whether it's your opponent or just looking up guys' stats. I mean, also, you know, we have film before games. But, um, you know, you you kind of know the guys that are, you know, the uh, quote-unquote hot hands or the shooter team. So, you know, knowing personnel is really just studying the league. So Damian Lee there uh, on his night and on the Warriors' night as they fall here at Chase Center to Sacramento, 100-79. to Damian Lee, though, he continues to show that, that he's an NBA player. I know he's a guy that's had to be on a two-way contract for the last couple of years, but uh, he's averaged darn near 10 points a game in the league before for a full season with Atlanta. So he can fill it up a little bit. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, it, it surprises me still that he's on a two-way. I think the Warriors are, are fortunate to, to have him around, especially considering all the injuries. Yeah, there's no question. You know, sometimes when the Warriors, uh, they're not playing well, sometimes we question, gee, are they playing hard? And I think they are playing hard. I think they're just yeah. sometimes so, so unsure of what's going on that it looks like they're not. But he never looks that way. Damian Lee always looks like he's uh, playing hard. First half tonight, he had five of his nine shots. He finished uh, with 13 points and six of 15, but he also had five rebounds, five assists, and uh, he uh, is definitely a player who is improving game by game his uh, future stock, his potential role with the team going forward. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It is Warriors Wrap-Up. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search, call of the game coming up, uh, and much, much more as it, the Warriors lose tonight to the Sacramento Kings. 100-79. to 79. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors Wrap-Up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Warriors lose tonight to the Kings, 100-79. to So the Dubs now uh, passing the one-third mark of the NBA season tonight with the 28th game played. Warriors now 5-23 and on the season. Now that adds up to a 14-68 and pace. I know there is a little bit of change, but when I, I don't, to me, you have to get the full win when you do the match, so it's 14 points. 14.6, I'm rounding up. I'm saying at least 15. Yeah. And so then I, you got Steph coming back at some point, presumably in clay. So, uh, yeah, I, fingers crossed uh, they're going to far exceed that number. Call the game coming up here in just a moment. Uh, I do want to take our nightly check at the reverse standings. As our sure. Friend, uh, Anthony Slater uh, has so lovingly coined them. 
Uh, and uh, you look at the Warriors now falling to 5-23. and 23. The Knicks, uh, with a couple of wins, uh, they lost tonight in Denver. They gave so, a game, though. They gave the Nuggets a game. They did. I think they were down big, and it wound up being close. Uh, so s the Warriors now 5-23. and 23. The Knicks and the Hawks are the next closest, along with the Pelicans, at 6-21. and 21. So you got three teams at 6-21. and 21. So that's two, uh, a game and a half. The Warriors have a uh, lead over those three teams. And then you've got... The Cleveland Cavaliers right now at six and twenty. The Washington Wizards uh, are next at seven and seventeen, and then everybody else in the league, other than those six teams that I mentioned, everybody else actually seven teams. The other twenty-three teams in the league all have at least ten wins. So you've got the Warriors at five and twenty-three, the group at six and twenty-one of Pelicans, Hawks, and Knicks. And then you've got Cleveland six and twenty, you've got Washington seven and seventeen, and we got uh, the Pels coming in here on Friday, right? And the Pelicans are, are going to face the Warriors on on Friday, and you've got the Warriors going up to Portland uh, to take on the Blazers, and that's a team. Uh, both of these teams, actually, the the next two are teams that the Warriors have wins against. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of a rematch from last year's Western Conference Finals, of course. The Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors, but things can change a lot from season to season. Uh, what do you think of the bottom of that Western Conference playoff picture? You've got Sacramento with the win tonight, uh, improving to 12-14, and 14, and they are seventh currently uh, in the Western Conference playoff race. Oklahoma City and Phoenix are both 11 and 14, so they're a half game back uh, at eight and nine. Phoenix would be on the outside looking in, and then you've got Minnesota at 10 and 15, San Antonio at 10 and 15, Portland at 10 and 16, all within a game and a half of the eighth spot, and all within a game and a half of Sacramento uh, in that seven spot. So I'm looking at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 12 and even 13 if you want to throw Memphis in there uh, from 7 to 13 there's a whole lot of mediocre and there's a whole lot of opportunity for a couple of teams to get playoff spots that in another year of NBA competition I think you could say even a team like Sacramento and Oklahoma City would be close to buried yeah uh, Sacramento they had that big uh West uh, Texas road trip. They won two of the three. Then they, they had that wobble against the war, uh, the Knicks. Pardon me. Uh, they look pretty solid to me right now. I know they're two under, but they look pretty solid. Uh, I like Phoenix more than you do. I think I like San Antonio a little more than you do. I think you like Portland more than San Antonio. But I think the most interesting thing going on right now in the West is that uh, Dallas is going to be without Doncic for maybe three weeks. He turned his ankle badly last night in an overtime loss to the Miami Heat. So we're going to see. Um, they're currently third. We'll see how well they weathered this uh, no Doncic storm for a few days. Yeah, and they're few weeks actually. They, That's going to be well, really interesting. No, and they're in a position where it's a good thing for them that they actually have a little bit of a cushion. I mean, they're currently third. They're seventeen and eight. They're nine over. I mean, they're they're and they're at a point where they might have to take a two and eight, you know, kind of a stretch, uh, and you know that might put them more in the group with some of the teams that we're talking about. Uh, I think. They're fortunate that they can withstand that even if it gets really bad and still be maybe three or four games ahead of the Sacramentos and the Oklahoma Cities and the Phoenixes and the Minnesotas. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, we're not going to be talking about them for very much longer among the top three or four teams uh, in that 
Western Conference. Uh, before we get out of here, let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Russell with the ball. Waits. Topside double. Good bounce pass. Spellman to the rack. On, flipped it up and in. Avoiding Holmes in the process. And the run is 12 now for the Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors at one point were down by 16. They had a 12-0 run uh, to cut it down to four. Uh, and so if you know the call of the game tomorrow with Jolo and Dibs here on 95.7 The Game, tune in at 9.30. And if you can correctly identify the call we just played, you will win $100 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. The best deal in wireless. Uh, final thoughts. The, the way you want to remember that is Spellman Special Spinner. You know, I love alliteration. And if you actually tomorrow call in and you're on the air and you say Spellman Special Spinner, I will throw in a dollar of my own and, money. And again, I know you offered to do this the other night. I, yeah. I'm not sure that's legal. And well, that's the way I roll. That's I, I, I'm not sure that's legal. And Ale Alex gets in our ear immediately. You can't. Why do you can't do that? Well, I know. Okay. You, I know you're trying right. to be friendly. It's I won't holidays. do it then. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. but you just. Yeah, like we can't. Fifty cents. We can't have that. <laughs> okay. All right. We cannot have that. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we are back on Wednesday. Believe it or not, the Warriors with a couple of days off. Uh, they will be in Portland. Matt Kolsky will join us. Uh, Whitey Gleason and John Dickinson for the pregame on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have you covered uh, postgame as well as the Warriors take on the Blazers. And then back here on Friday night with Jim Barnett, uh, five games in eight nights for the Warriors uh, in this building to round out the calendar year 2019. Thanks to Tim Jordan for setting us up out here at Chase Center. Thanks to Alex Scott in our San Francisco studios doing everything tonight. Uh, for Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Warriors lose to the Kings tonight, 100-79. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.